There is so much competition out there. Relationships do matter. I understood relationships and that's been a huge aspect to my success. If you build a relationship with that customer, they're gonna keep coming back to you. If you don't have a relationship, you're gonna lose that business to the competition. Welcome to Collecting Thoughts, CNR Software's new podcast. We're your one-stop shop for digestible industry news, anecdotes, and advice as told by the boots on the ground industry leaders and subject matter experts. We'll be covering topics across the collection space, technology, and finance. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm happy to have you join us. Today's guest, Lisa Tanner, is a seasoned professional with over 30 years of experience. A certified international credit professional, Lisa has spent the last six years of her career at NIDAC Motor Corporation as the Director of Global Credit Collections. Prior to her current role, Lisa worked at several other leading companies, including the Coleman Company and Coke Industries, where she had experience executing successful digital transformations for a variety of functions. Outside of work, along with mentoring up-and-coming professionals and speaking at industry events, Lisa enjoys to hike, travel, and spend time with her family. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christina. It's great meeting with you today, and thank you so much for joining me on Collecting Thoughts. Um, Before we jump into today's topic, why don't you tell me about what it's been like working in the collection space for so long? It has been an interesting career, to say the very least. I, I did not start out in collections by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think anybody grows up planning to become a, a credit manager. I actually started my career in sales and uh, transitioned into accounts receivable in between some roles and and found that it was just a perfect fit for me. Uh, there were not enough people seated in accounts receivable positions with sales background and knowledge that really understood the pain points for the sales side uh, of the organization. And so I, I've been easily able to facilitate uh, strong relationships with sales teams and credit and sales working together is always a winning combination. It's just been a really great career and and it's worked well. I, I enjoy great relationships with my sales teams and CFOs. I'm able to help each other understand both finance and sales where we can connect. The digital transformation that I've been engaged with going all the way back to Coke Industries, they were a very early adapter uh, of SAP. And that, that was, has definitely been a journey almost 30 years now, um, in and out of different SAP environments and then expanding that into Oracle, uh, and AX Dynamics for Shift, um, so many different ERP systems and learning how to integrate, which always at the end of the day, standardization is key. That's how we optimize. We, we centralize, we standardize, we optimize. Kind of echoing what you're saying right now from other industry loyalists, I've heard that there really has been a big shift in the collections culture the last few years, especially when it comes to technology and optimization. Hiring people to work in an accounts receivable function is not an easy task these days. As many industries are finding hiring anyone is really a a massive, massive challenge. We have X amount of workload that has to be done. Whether we can find people to do it or not, doesn't matter, it still has to be done. Digital transformation has been a a massive priority. We've seen a lot of movement in it, um, I would say since 2010. It really, the origins of digital transformation on the receivable side started about then. I think prior to that, um, there was a great deal of reluctance and hesitancy within the industry. Uh, A lot of people felt, no, you have to have that human contact. You have to have that human element. 
Um, but what what many of the organizations have been able to successfully do and and those third parties that support uh, a digital transformation is is bridge the gap so that it's the workload that individuals who were doing that that wasn't that face to face contact are are being automated and managed through through digital formats so that collectors and those in receivable space have that time for that one-on-one conversation with the customers and understanding sales trajectory uh, or projections uh, for certain growth and and then how AR can support that growth through risk mitigation tactics and et cetera. So, so it's allowed for a lot more communication that supports success for businesses while manual transactions like sending invoices and dunning notices and et cetera have all been highly automated. Got it. And that actually is a great transition into today's topic, which is focusing on customer centricity within the B2B space. CNR software, we work with a lot of first and third party, but for all the you know information that I'm researching for our marketing, there's so much talk about customer centricity, like just like customers expect and consumers expect uh, everything to be seamless and digital. First party creditors want to make sure that's available. But what's interesting is you're in the B2B space and working more so directly with the companies, uh, the motor companies. So why don't you kind of talk about customer centricity and how NIDEC kind of fits into the collections ecosphere. So my experience with Coleman, you know, 16 plus years, almost 17 years was was heavily on the consumer side, but also B2B. And Jardin Outdoor Sporting Goods as a whole had had a mixture. Uh, we were not exclusively B2B or consumer. We had both. Um, on the NIDEC side, it's definitely almost entirely B2B. There's There's very little direct to consumer interaction, at least from a receivable standpoint. Even so, customer centricity is absolutely critical. Why? Number one, competition. There is so much competition out there. Relationships do matter, Um, you know, which has been, you know, a real segue for me coming from sales into accounts receivable. I understood relationships, and that's been a huge aspect to my success, uh, I believe, personally, is the fact that I know if you build a relationship with that customer, they're going to keep coming back to you. If you don't have a relationship um, or a deteriorated relationship that you don't address, you're going to lose that business to the competition. And there is way too much competition out there today. During COVID, one of the big things that we faced, and, and I know everybody talks about COVID, but it was such a perfect storm. And really, that's what it was. There were so many disruptions that came in um, during the time of COVID, uh, not the least of which was the fact that nobody was in the office anymore. Everybody had gone to remote work scenarios. They were all working from home. And what we found on the AR side is oftentimes we couldn't reach anyone in accounts payable. Yeah, and it kind of, it really interrupts that relationship. Absolutely. Like the whole factor that you're building, kind of your strategy on. Right, right? exactly. So, so, you know, we went through this time of COVID where, where there was serious deterioration of, of relationships. Coming out of COVID, we still have massive disruptions um, that have been affecting supply chain and ability to deliver on time or co- deliver completely on time. Um, you have massive amounts of price increases constantly going on in the market um, tied to material costs, transport costs, et cetera. So, so it's, it's an ever-changing involvement or, or environment 
that that has created a lot of pain points for customers. Um, you know, they issue a purchase order at X price and then they get an invoice and the price is different. Um, you know, not having that relationship was a massive gap on the backside of COVID. A lot of people changed jobs. A lot of people left companies or or just left the workforce entirely for whatever reason. So now you have this whole new group of people that you're trying to reach and work with um, to resolve these conflicts and the importance of building and rebuilding those relationships post-COVID has really become very, very critical. So so what do you offer to the customer uh, in streamlining the process and making it as simple as possible, but also in providing that human contact when there is a problem? What if there's a price discrepancy? What if there's a count discrepancy or a shipment error or any of those number of things? Your ability to, to develop that core relationship with the customer is absolutely critical to continuing success post-COVID and in the current economy, which also is a detractor um, at this point in time. Especially in the auto industry, right? Because like, of course, all businesses were impacted, but I know the auto industry in particular is all all in the news, even if you're not following, you've definitely heard that the auto industry was impacted during COVID a lot. That trust is even more important. Like you're dealing with people's finances, you're dealing with people in the auto industry's finances, they really need to trust you. Or like you said, there's there's somebody else that can help them. Exactly. Um, So, you know, tools such as customer facing portals uh, have become ever more critical. Customers want on-demand service. So being able to provide a, a, a customer-facing uh, portal where they can log in, they can download copies of their invoices, um, they can make disputes potentially, they can make payments online, uh, retrieving statements, all of that kind of, of, of support post-COVID has become even more important in a customer-centric environment. And how are you finding the balance between meeting everybody's immediacy of wanting something available online, but still maintaining that relationship and and sticking with your core values of building the relationship with your clients? Excellent question. (laughs) Very, very good question. So so I have continued personally um, strong engagement with my sales teams. Um, And and we do this through regular calls, uh, some monthly, some biweekly, some weekly, depending on the, the division and the situation. And, and we work together on those customers who are facing challenges. Those are the customers we're at risk of losing, right? If, if it's a customer who has everything they need and they're happy and they're getting their product on time, you know, that relationship is not so critical because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and they're happy. But those customers who do face challenges, it's very important that sales and credit together work with that customer to resolve whatever those issues are. So, so step one, the very first thing we do as a team Part of our investigation is to confirm, is this an issue that Needic is driving? For example, is this something that we need to change on our side in order to support the need of the customer? And wherever possible, that, that's exactly what we wanna do. We wanna take whatever step we can to change the way we're entering data or, or reporting out data, uh, providing copies of invoices, whatever the case may be, that will meet the customer's needs um, for urgency, clarity, and accuracy. If we have any issue, we're going to address that. And then we're going to go directly to our customer and we're going to explain to them what the issue was, um, what we uncovered, and what steps we've taken to mitigate whatever that particular issue was. 
And and then we're also going to follow up and make sure that it's met to met their requirements, met their expectations. Uh, is there something more we can do? Now, if the problem is on their side, um, that's an entirely different mix. And, you know, we're we're going to work together with them to try to find a way to overcome it. Is it is it, you know, a securitization agreement, which is in the spirit of developing a partnership with the customer? Right. We, we want to be your partner and partnership using the security type instrument allows us to have confidence in that partnership and ensure that we can both grow profitably together. Um, you know, is is it something else? Whatever the case may be, speaking with the customer, perhaps at the CFO or president level, um, that's the way we get this done. We we go directly to the top and and we work with them to uncover what what the root cause issue is. Do we need to make changes? If we can't make changes, how can we support you and how can we partner together? Um, you know, because through the difficult times we're facing right now, as far as the economy goes, interest rates, et cetera, um, you know, we want to do whatever we can to be the best partner uh, to our customer base. And that ensures that on the backside of the challenges, um, we've developed that relationship that says we are a strong lifetime partner. Uh, you know, and and companies, especially small and medium sized companies, they remember those relationships during those tough times. Do you have a story of like a great win that you would like to share, whether it was technology you adapted to overcome the challenge that the pandemic brought on or just anything that you've done in the last uh, few years that would speak to how the collections industry is evolving as a whole? Any any fun story you want to share? You know, we did have a situation with a customer in India. Um, it was it was a very, very challenging scenario, a lot of volume. And that, and that particular customer had a very specific requirement in the way that they received their invoices. Uh, and this was really problematic within our systems. Most ERP systems who use bursting type programs to transmit invoices they don't get to select subject lines uniquely, right? There, There is not a real clear path to provide a specified subject line. And this particular customer it was absolutely critical. It was causing a lot of invoices to drop to paper, delays in payments, a lot of past dues. And again, the volume was enormous. Um, we very simply built a back-end process where the invoice was transmitted uh, directly to a specific folder uh, those invoices came into that folder and then through using some RP technology, uh, if you're familiar with that, we were able to, using a table, pull in the additional information that the customer needed uh, in that subject line in order for their automation to work correctly. And so we, it, it took an understanding time discussing with the customer, first of all, why the requirement was necessary. Uh, once we understood their automation system would not work without this particular step, we understood that it was not possible within the ERP to manage such a thing. We we went out and explored our options, and this was the final tool. We've had tremendous success with that particular customer ever since. We have zero problems. The invoices go directly into their system and process through, and and the backload and the and backlog and the past dues are are no longer in existence. Happy customer, happy salesperson, because the customer stayed with us rather than saying, if you can't do it this way, we will buy from somebody who can. We found a way to, to make it work. And, and we use the technologies that, 
the various different technologies that were available to us to do it. Yeah. And now they can just self-service. It seems like they're independently handling everything because of that fix that you made. That's great. Since these companies are relatively new, have you had to use any unique strategies to help them in more difficult situations where they are struggling in the collections process? Like, have you crafted any workflows or different messaging to help help them relieve that debt? You know, certainly we, we utilize a multitude of tools. Probably the first one that, that we're going to deploy. And the primary reason for that is because partnership is so important to us, right? Back to that customer-centric thing. Um, so the very first thing we want to do when we start to see an account struggle or if we did not see that difficulty in advance of extending a credit line with regard to manufacturer financing. So manufacturer financing is, is a tool that, that we lean on a lot, especially right now with interest rates the way they are. Uh, we offer a program to our customers where if they agree to extend a purchase money security interest or a PPSA if you're in Canada to NEDIC, which gives us a secured interest. It's a use, simple UCC filing, uh, but, but it removes us from unsecured creditors to secured creditor so that if there were a default at some point in the future, we would have the assurance of some recovery of those receivables based on the liquidated assets or the reorganization of the company. So that, that's always step one. That's a tool that we do offer to our customers. It's uh, an interest-free financing option that simply allows us to move over to a secured leverage. That, that has been very strong. It's in good use right now. It's not something that's common in the OEM side of business or B2B. You see it a lot more with um, uh, retail space. Um, you know, certainly the Targets and Walmarts and, and Dick's Sporting Goods and et cetera of the world are, are very, very familiar with, with PMSI. In the manufacturing space, less so, uh, or on the OEM side, less so. So it has been something new um, that Nedic has been introducing. We really started with this during COVID. And uh, it's actually been very, very well received because a lot of times, you know, these customers, they're starting out, they're struggling already, um, going to a bank and taking out additional loans or trying to, to refinance or recapitalize is very, very costly to them. So if they have a supplier who's out there and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're willing to extend terms to you uh, with these days, um, no interest charged uh, during that timeline in exchange, we want you to give us a secured position. Uh, a lot of customers are very excited about that opportunity right now. It's it's working very well. So, it, and it's helping us to mitigate that risk. Other options, customers who are in trouble um, and maybe already can't utilize a PMSI option or they've, they've uh, factored their inventories to such a point that, you know, they would not be able to execute uh, an additional security interest uh, on our inventory values. Uh, we work with promissory notes, payment schedules, um, you know, whatever whatever is absolutely necessary to try to salvage the relationship first and, and still get paid, right? Um, so there are a lot of different options, you know, and as far as security instruments go, you know, standby letters of credit or, or irrevocable letters of credit, we try to stay away from those because there is cost involved to our customers. Um, but if it's an international transaction, that's certainly something that we're probably going to look at uh, if there's a risk area there. 
Well, Lisa, it has been great speaking with you today uh, and having you introduce me to this this side of the collections world. Um, is there anything you would like to share with the listeners before we say goodbye? I would say that, you know, digital transformation, autonomous efforts and machine learning are the way of the future. These are the things that allow the AR space collections, receivables to get out of the manual tasks. Of, of ensuring that you get paid and, and build relationships that, that are going to grow sales profitably well into the future. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time. It was great meeting you. Thank you. Have a good day.